Hello, and welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Robertson, and I will be joined on the line later today by Brian Panuzzo. Now, before we jump into this week's show, I want to give you a quick update, new and noteworthy, what's going on. Not a ton new, really, if that's possible. I mean, it feels like there's a lot going on. I mean, you know, I've got the soccer guys in right now, uh, continuing to follow our guys that are in the NBA and the G League. They're killing it, which is awesome to see. Bill and I's podcast, Cruising Along. We just recorded our sixth episode today. Each one has gotten a little bit more, uh, a few more downloads, and I feel like we're getting into more of a groove as we do this. So that's been exciting. Um, but people want to know, like, you know, what what is new? <laughs> uh, well, we are super, super ready for the final episode of Star Wars to come out here in a couple weeks. So as I think you know, every Friday, my kids and I do pizza movie night. We have been watching all of the episodes in order. We started episode one. We just watched episode seven this week, which I know some people don't love anything that's outside of the four, five, and six, and I get that, but I feel like episode seven is pretty well done, especially the lighting in that is quite well done. Um, There's parts that that they could uh, improve upon, but overall, I think it's a really good watch. But man, that has just led to this rabbit hole of you know, getting ready for this new episode and watching it come out and getting ready for it. So uh, if you follow me on Facebook, I don't think I put it on Instagram, but I know I put it on Facebook, this SC38. If you go onto YouTube and Google SC38 or whatever, use their their, uh, search engine, it's like this recreated version of Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader in episode four. And if you know anything about the movies, obviously way back in the day, they didn't have the special effects that they do now. So I think they did an awesome job of recreating a rather iconic scene and did a really good job with it. So that was really cool. Uh, The kids are obviously super excited because we've got tickets for opening night. So on December 20th, we are going to go. I don't want any spoilers. I don't know if you guys are into all the Marvel movies, but I actually watched all of the Marvel movies only to have the last episode, uh, not Infinity Wars, but Endgame, I had it spoiled for me on Instagram. So I'm going to do my best not to let that happen. We're going to go see it on opening night. So there's no spoilers. And hopefully people can keep it under wraps until at least, you know, a weekend or so afterwards. So really excited about that. Went and saw Santa Claus this weekend. So that's still a thing for the kids, which is so much fun. They love going and they got their little lists. They get to talk about, you know, what they're excited about for the year, what they want to get. Of course, Cade has like six different Legos that he wants to get built up, and he's excited about those. Kendall wants a hoverboard and a Fitbit. So, of course, they will probably get most of those things. We'll see. We also have to have the discussion that, you know, Santa doesn't buy everything. Um, So, and also Santa doesn't always buy $400 sets of Legos. So we had to uh, break that to the big man. I don't know how he's going to feel about that, but we are not investing in the entire school of Hogwarts. So yeah, Santa Claus is a thing. And then I'm going to keep this week short because I want to get into this show. But one thing I did want to make note of here, if you are interested in my annual program, go to robertsontrainingsystems.com forward slash annual. And if you know nothing about this, I'll give you like a 30 second to one minute synopsis. Essentially, it is a one year training program. Each quarter, we break it up and we have a different theme because Look, unless you're a power lifter, you don't want to bang against just training strength for 12 months straight. So each quarter you have a new theme. The first month is like mobility, 
movement quality, building your training base. The second three months is all about leaning out because, hey, like who doesn't want to be leaner in the summertime, right? Then we go into third quarter. So summer and fall, we build athleticism. We get into sprinting and jumping, doing a lot of things that people think they cannot do. Uh, But when in fact you take six months to build up to it, you can absolutely do it. And you feel amazing when you do it. And then the last quarter or Q4 is all about building strength. So the cool thing is not only do you have all these training elements built in, but we also have nutritional challenges each month. We have recovery challenges and we have mindset challenges because there's so much more to building a healthy and happy body that goes beyond just what you do in the gym, right? So it's fueling your body appropriately. It's getting enough rest. It's finding ways to meditate or get get your mind right, essentially, so that you can go in the gym and have the most success. So if you're interested in working with me, maybe private training isn't an option for you, whether it's due to time, whether it's due to money, but you want to work together in some fashion, this is a great way to do it. It's very cost effective, little as 99 bucks a month. You can get on board and have a really sound training program that's going to help you build amazing habits across, again, training, nutrition, recovery, and mindset for the rest of the year. So if you're interested, again, go to robertsontrainingsystems.com forward slash annual. You can learn all about it. And I will be taking people until the end of December. I think December 30th is our cutoff because the next week we get started. You know, January, I believe it's 6th. That Monday we get the program started. So if you're interested, definitely check it out. And quick break. And we are going to jump into this awesome, awesome show with my guy, Brian. It seems like every day I talk to a young trainer or coach who is frustrated. Maybe they're frustrated with the results they're getting. Maybe they're frustrated because they don't have trusted resources to learn from. And maybe they're frustrated because they simply don't have enough clients and wonder how long they'll be able to stay in the industry. So if that sounds anything like you, I've got something that I know will help. My Complete Coach Certification was created for trainers and coaches just like you, who are serious about the results they get and who know that becoming a better coach can directly translate to a bigger bottom line. This certification is gonna take the last 20 years of my life's work and put it all into one massive course. In it, you'll learn how to use the R7 system to create seamless, integrated, and efficient programs for clients and athletes of all shapes and sizes. How to create the culture, environment, and relationships with everyone you train so you can get the absolute best results and the exact progressions, regressions, and coaching cues I use in the gym, from squatting and deadlifting to pressing and pulling and everything in between. Of course, there's a ton more that I cover, but that should give you a pretty good idea of what the cert is all about. Now here's the thing, spots for the certification will only open twice per year for a limited time only. If you're interested in learning more, my next cert will launch in March of 2020, and if you join my free insiders list, you'll be able to save $200 when it opens. To get on the insider's list, just head over to completecoachcertification.com. Again, completecoachcertification.com, and then stay tuned for emails in the coming weeks. Thanks so much for your support, and I hope you'll pick up a copy of the Complete Coach Certification when it launches. After a 20-year run on Wall Street, Brian Panuzzo watched his mom die of ALS. And in the coming months, he realized that his own body, his health, and his relationships were in a tailspin, all largely due to his massive professional success. At that point, he decided to use nutrition as medicine to heal himself 
while actively working on his mindset and relationships in his life. Those changes sparked a fire in him and sent him down a path of further education and self-discovery that will continue forever. He's now a coach to men like himself seven years ago, successful in one domain of their life, but at the expense of other foundational life pillars, such as their health, their marriage, their relationships with their kids, and potentially themselves. So in this show, Brian and I start at the beginning, how that massive professional success led him to the path that he's on today. We take a deep dive into rebuilding habits and having more success, including why all habit change should be slow, achievable, and repeatable, the power of the do and the don't list, how he helps high performers manage stress, and why scheduling self-care and leisure time should be the first thing you plan each week. This show is a bit different from others that I've done in the past, but I really hope that Brian's message will resonate with you as much as it does with me. But enough for me. Let's do this. Brian, man, thanks so much for coming on the show here today. Super excited to catch up with you. Could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. First of all, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, it's been a pleasure to get to know you. I'm very excited to, to talk to you today. My name is Brian Panuso. I am almost 42, be 42 this week. And uh, I am an imperfect, very imperfect father of two. <laughs> I have a 10 year old boy and a five year old girl. I've been married for 12 and a half years to my wife, Tasha, born and raised in New Jersey, Bergen County, New Jersey, just outside of New York City. And uh, basketball, as I know, is near and dear to your heart and a lot of people that you interact with and, and your listeners. Basketball is a big, big part of my life throughout my career. Played in high school, played in college, sort of, you know, messed around uh, trying to trying to play professionally overseas a little bit after school. Ultimately, decided to join the workforce with the rest of corporate America. And my my mission ever since is to you know dominate the washed up men's league, the men's leagues that I play. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's a little bit about me. And you know, definitely excited to be here. So, thanks for having me, man. Of course, of course. So before we jump into the show, if you don't mind, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your career path, because needless to say, you know, a lot of people that come on this show, they've got a similar career path, right? They like go to college and they have an internship and da, 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 da. Your career path is very unique. So I would love it if you would dive into what you did come out of school and then give us some insight as to what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. So I was a business and economics major in college. I went to I went to school in Vermont, St. Michael's College in Vermont, a basketball scholarship. And, you know, growing up in New Jersey, right outside of Manhattan, being a business major, having a bunch of guys on the team that I was older, that was that were older than me, that I you know looked up to and followed. You know, they all entered Wall Street training programs, you know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I graduated in 1999. And, you know, so I was sort of thought I was destined to to follow that path, follow them, you know, into a Wall Street career. And I spent 20 years in a Wall Street career. I started, you know, at Merrill Lynch as a financial advisor in their training program. Ultimately realized I wanted to do, you know, more trading, be on a trading desk in that sort of fast paced environment. And I spent the better part of 20 years as a high yield bond trader you know, at a number of different firms. And, you know, my, my path took a little bit of a turn about seven years ago. And really a big part of my story is, you know, when I was 35 years old, I had a sequence of events that kind of occurred to me with me over about a six month period. My mom got sick and passed away. She had ALS, a pretty debilitating neurological disease. And, you know, I, I, I live my life you know, as kind of a very typical, you know, athlete privileged, you know, rules don't apply to me you know, kind of live these separate lives where, you know, I had my athlete buddies, my friends, and then I had my marriage and my wife and my, and my, and my home life. And, you know, I, I spent sort of the last eight or 10 months of, of her life 
you know, pretty disconnected to everybody because I, you know, had trouble handling her, you know, watching her die being sick. Right. And so, uh, you know, I was, I was sedated at all times and I was, I was always present physically, but mentally I was completely checked out drugs, alcohol, pills, anything, anything I can get my hands on, you know, it was, and it was a very, I was, I was always there. I was always functional. I was a very functional addict. Right. 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 And my wife knew what I was doing and, and, and my mom ended up passing away and, and ultimately, you know, we had a conversation and it was like, listen, we have two young kids and, and this isn't what I signed up for. And, you know, if we didn't have these two young kids, I'm not sure, you know, I'd be around right now. Right. And at the same time, a few months after that or before that, I don't even know the sequence of it. My son was five and he asked me to get down on like he loved Legos. He asked me to get down on the ground and play Legos with him, right? Put together Legos. And so I got down on my knees, tried to bend down, and I and I had to get up after about two minutes because I couldn't stay on the ground. My knees were in such you know, I was in such pain, joint pain. Right. And you know, I'm a big guy, six six, had a you know, desk job and commuted an hour each way into the city, out of the city. I sort of told myself the story that, you know, this was my destiny. And, you know, I had you know, I didn't get up all day. Everyone who got up from the desk would just, you know, moan and groan about their, about their aches and pains. And, and I just thought, you know, this is, this is how I'm supposed to live my life. And so understanding more about, you know, my mom's condition and how much our lifestyles play into and affect, you know, a chronic disease, mm-hmm. having my wife, you know, basically tell me that if we didn't have two young kids, she'd probably not be hanging around and having my son not being able to connect with my son on the floor when he wanted to in that moment, all within about a six month period really was a wake up call for me about seven years ago. And, you know, I uh, had me start to change a lot of things in my life. And as I did that, I started to evaluate, like, you know, what am I doing for a living? And do I really, you know, enjoy, you know, what I'm doing or did I just follow a few older friends on the basketball team into, you know, a career and, and that career got real good real quick, right? The money was real good and then the money got better and then life happens to all of us, right? We get married and we have kids and we have obligations. We have big mortgages and country clubs and cars. And so, you know, I, I felt like I was just continuing this life to, to, to feed a lifestyle that I didn't necessarily even want to begin with. So started to really reflect on what it is, you know, I was doing for a living and, and, you know, ultimately as of about six months ago, I left that career, moved across the country with my family from New Jersey, to California, and kind of turned my life upside down. So that's been my, you know, that's been, that's the last 20 years of my career, but primarily has been in financial services and, and high yield Wall Street trading, trading bonds. I love it. So, so let's start with a really simple question because I'm sure people are thinking, dude, like financially you were killing it. But, you know, a lot of stuff was left on the table for you, right? And a lot of things that you wanted to change. So what do you do for a living these days? Like, who do you work with? And and how do you even begin to describe the shift in what you were doing to what you're doing now? Yeah, so so it's a good question. And it's been quite a shift. So, you know, that's seven years ago. You know, I started to – I started out with, you know, okay, my wife – isn't as in isn't in a, in love with me like she used to be. So what can I do to change that? Right. And I thought it was just physical. Let me look better. Right. Like right. I was 20 pounds overweight. I didn't gain a pound from college, but I was six, six, two thirty five and, you know, pretty jacked in college. I was six, <laughs> six, two thirty five and a pile of mush at 35 years old. Right. <laughs> so I effectively gained 20 pounds. I just changed body composition. I didn't, I didn't gain right. any weight, but total body comp change. Yeah. Uh, so I started to make some changes to my diet and I started to work out a little bit more and just add like simple movement practices into my day. And these are things that I sort of stumbled upon 
and all of a sudden lost 20 pounds that I didn't realize that I even had to lose. Right. And so I quickly realized that that wasn't why my wife wasn't happy with me, but <laughs> I thought that that was the road to it. Right. And right. that was just sort of intriguing to me. And, I, and then I started to, you know, slowly find, you know, health and wellness as a pretty big passion of mine. And I got, you know, instead of going home and reading research reports and quarterly reports and annual reports of companies, I would go home and listen to podcasts. I would go home and read like nutrition blogs and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, it started to really click with me. Like this is something that I actually enjoy. And so, you know, it took me five years to, to, to tell myself, you know, get myself out of this story of, you know, what, who am I? I'm a high yield bond trader. I'm not a high yield bond trader. I'm Brian Panuzzo. Right. Right. So, you know, I, I, it took me about five years to build up the courage to explore something different. And that was through, you know, speaking to, to mutual friends that we have now, uh, joining a coaching program of Jay Ferugia's and, you know, realizing that like, I was a lot more like people like you and like trainers and, you know, like guys like, like Jay and Luca. Right. And I was like the wall street guys that I was hanging out with. I love those guys, but you know, I share a lot more common interests with you know professionals like you. Right. And so a couple of years ago, he pushed me to start a side hustle. He said to me, if you had all the money in the world and you still needed to work a few hours a day, what would you do? And I didn't quite know how to answer that. And then within 10 seconds, it came to me and I said, you know, I really enjoyed my own transformation and what that meant to me and my marriage and my relationships and my, my mindset, my belief system and all these things I've changed in my life over the last five years. I've really enjoyed helping friends and family because that's what I was doing. People would see me transform. They'd see my change. They go, hey, what are you doing? Right. So you, you help them out. And so he said, well, you should, you should explore that a little bit. I said, okay, cool. Sort of put, pushed it off to the side. And, you know, a week later he'd check in with me. How's it going? How's that thing going? What are we talking about? What do you mean? What do you mean? How's it going? He's like, what are you doing about it? So he, I realized that he wasn't going to back off. And, and so reached out to 10 friends and said, Hey, would you be willing to let me coach you? And, you know, I charge you sort of next to nothing. And we figure this out together. And I thought everyone was going to laugh at me and they almost all said yes. Oh, that's cool. So that was a valid, that was a validation for me that, you know, they saw something in me that I could provide some value to them. And maybe they were just trying to help me as well, you know, cause they believed in me and they appreciated me, but whatever it was, you know, it was the, it was the launching pad for me to start to do this. And slowly over time, I've just built you know, confidence, my knowledge base and my skill set to be able to do this now for a living. And so six months ago, I left my 20 year career in Wall Street. Moving across the country was certainly a catalyst. It was something completely different, not had nothing to do with, the, you know, my career it's something that my wife and I had been talking about for a while and just getting into a new environment for both of us. She lived in California previously before we met. You know, it's it's enabled me to sort of start fresh, uh, completely, you know, shift my mindset and my perspective of things. And now I can proudly say that I coach men and I coach men who effectively are me seven years ago. You know, I started as, you know, health coaching and nutrition coaching and, and helping people with exercise and diet. Right. I'm like, as you know, we all know what to do. We all know what we all, we all know how to eat better. Right. We all know how to work out better. Right. We all know what we should be doing. And the question is, why aren't we doing it? And so what became really intriguing to me is to look at all the things in my life, right? And I was very financially successful, very career driven, but I had almost incinerated the rest of my life. I fortunately caught it, you know, before it, it went into flames. My marriage was crap. My relationship with my kids was subpar. My relationship with myself was awful. I constantly went to sedating myself, drugs, alcohol, sed, you know, isolation. Right. So it was like, why, why do I do all these things? So I've now turned it into a program where, you know, I coach financially successful career driven men who have, you know, had that success at a cost. And sometimes it's not 
necessarily relevant or it's there. They're not aware of it until they sort of wake up one day and they realize that it's, it's come at the cost of the quality of their relationship with their wives, the quality of, of the relationship with their kids and with themselves. Yeah. So that, that is a long winded way to, to <laughs> describe what I do. No, I love it, man. I love it. And I think I want to start with the top because I think a lot of coaching and especially the kind of coaching you're doing comes down to building better habits, building better routines. And, you know, I love your Instagram because you're always talking about these sorts of things and these little things that you're doing to keep yourself on track. So let's start basic. What strategies do you use? Somebody's new. They're coming to you for advice. What strategies do you use to get someone started with building better habits? Right. Just little things that are going to help get them back on track. Yeah, it's a great, great question. They have to be, you know, anytime I start to work with somebody new, and I, you could probably appreciate this because you, you know, you work with high performing people as well. They, they want everything. They want it all immediately, right? right? And so they're expecting 15 things from you on day one that they can, they can, you know, take and, and implement into their lives. And so I've realized that that is, you know, that works for a week until life punches us all in the face, right? <laughs> I think yes. the biggest thing, habit change has to be uh, the fact that it's slow, it's achievable, and it's repeatable. So, you know, you'll get a couch potato, right? Who, who's who's sitting on their on their butts for most of the day, very sedentary, and all of a sudden they want to go to this, you know, a, a workout that you're going to take one of your NBA guys through, right? Right. You get someone who's eating a heavily processed diet, and they want to go to seven days in a row of eating super clean. It's like. What are building in proper expectations for people to let them know up front? And it's a difficult, it's a difficult conversation. Let them know up front, like, you know, you're 45 years old. You were probably in the best shape of your life at 21, 22, right? You've spent 20 years slowly, steadily, just like I did. You know, I didn't put, I didn't, I didn't change my body comp in, in 15 years from 21 to 35 or 36. It was a slow, steady thing. It was, right. you know, a two pound shift. People put on two, three, four pounds a year for 20 years. Next thing you know, you wake up at 45 and you're 40 pounds overweight, right? right. Like you spent 20 years getting into that place. What in, in Why in the world do you feel the right that you can take that off in two months? Right. And that's what most people do, right? With their diets and with their exercise, they get all gung ho that they're starting something new. They tell everybody about it. It's their, it, it, it engulfs their life for a period of time and then things get difficult and they, they realize, whoa, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. And so, you know, I'll tell people that I start working with are ready for this huge expansive program that we're going to go through, wake up tomorrow morning and drink a glass of water and get a 10 minute walk in. Okay. What else? That's it. That's it. Start there. Do that for a week. Become an expert at that. And, you know, like we do these things. I do these things so that they are con- they are constantly ingraining patterns of behavior into our into our minds, right? And then it becomes, you know, just another thing that you do. I mean, it's I wake up. I wake up and I drink water. That's part of my DNA now. I don't have to write a note to you know tell myself. My students do. You might need need to, but like you do that for a month and then it's what you do and you experience the benefit of it, right? You, you pick up momentum. You start to see all the things that are happening better in your life. Wow. I feel a little bit better. Oh, I don't need this cup of coffee to like go to the bathroom in the morning. I just have to drink a big cup of water, you know, like, like all these things that you're doing, you experience the benefit and you go, Hmm, that's pretty good. Let me get a little bit more of that now that I can handle it and take more on. And then it's this slow momentum that just starts building steam downhill. And next thing you know, you're living your life in a completely different way and you don't know any other way. 
so that's how, you know, it's habit, habit change for me has to be slow. It has to be achievable and it has to be repeatable. And if it doesn't fit those three things for people, you know, I'd, I'd rather than not take it on right away. If they don't have the capacity to take it on, then we don't take it on right away. I love it. So sidebar to that, talk to me about your do and don't list. I love that. And I, it's something that, yeah, I think most people talk about, but I love seeing yours. So talk to me real quick about the do and don't list. Yeah. So, so it's something that I actually, you know, I've always done, I've I've been a list maker my, my entire life. I'm an analyzer, right? Mm -hmm. Like love lists. I mean, I will, Mike, I will make a list. I will do something that's not on that list. I will write it on the list just so I can have the experience <laughs> and satisfaction of crossing, crossing it, off. it off. Yes, it's oh, the best feeling feel? ever. Yeah. So, you know, but but the thing is, is like I'd always default to I'm, a, I'm an achiever. I'm a high achiever. Let's put 30 things on the list, right? Yeah. Like, and what happens? You get 22 of them done. And that's, that's great. You did 22 out of 30. But you always end up looking at those eight. And I would say, you know, four of the eight at least – are probably the real needle movers in our lives, right? Like those things that we that are a little bit difficult, a little bit uncomfortable, and you know that we just don't get to because we don't prioritize it, or it takes us a little bit out of our comfort zone to do. So I've started to make my lists a lot shorter, and I still catch myself all the time. You know, it's Sunday or Monday. I'm getting ready for the new week. I'm all jazzed up, and I got 15 things that I want to do. Well, why not just pick the most important one, two, three? Write those down. Have your have your side list, like your back list, right? And do those three things. And you don't do anything else until those three things are done. And those three things you'll notice tend to be repetitive, like in your life. Like they are the ones that create momentum for the rest of your day. And so, you know, the things that I do are tried and true, foundational. I wake up, I jump in a shower, I drink a lot of water, I take my greens, I move around. I've, I've experienced doing that enough now for seven years that when I start my day like that, I know the rest of my day is better. It could go to, it could go to, to, to shit in, you know, by three o'clock, but right. I know that I've accomplished something. So, you know, they are parts of my life that, you know, I just identify myself with, you know, it's who I am. Those are things that I do. What I've been introduced to is, is must not do, you know, not to do, because those things are just as important because I've noticed, you know, that, uh, you know, the areas of my life that I've wanted to change creep back into my life because even though I've been doing this now for seven years, I'm still, I'm, I have a 15 to 20 years of experience of living another, another way. Right. So, you know, even now I still want to revert back to, you know, my old self, my old personality. So it's, it's a constant reminder to myself, you know, I do, I do these things. I don't do these things. And the more you wake up and do, do the things that you do and don't do the things that you don't do, the more you become a different person. It's just slowly chipping away at the person that you've, you've built up over time to become. It just takes time to change that person. I love it. So in your world and the people that you're coaching, I'd imagine that time is of the absolute essence when it comes to working out, right? So like you were working 12 hour days, you didn't have two hours at lunch or whenever at any point in time to go and just crush it in the gym. So do you ever feel like you need to convince somebody to work out or is it something more practical with your people, like helping them figure out strategies as to when they can find the time to work out? Yeah. So like I said before, everybody knows 
sort of what to do, right? Everybody right. knows that getting a workout in would be beneficial to them. So very rarely do I have to convince somebody that working out is an important thing. What I find myself convincing people more of is because these these guys, like your guys are high achievers, right? Like a lot of times I'm pulling, pulling the reins back on somebody right. or convincing them. Like here's a conversation that I have with somebody all the time. You know, they don't have their one hour to get their big workout in. Right. Therefore, they give up on the entire, you know, day of working out. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, cool. I get it. You know, like you don't have your class to go to, but you know, do you have, you're, you're at a desk all day. Do you sit all day? Could you get up and move around a little bit once an hour? Could you jump into a conference room where nobody is? If you feel uncomfortable moving around on the desk with 50 other people in eyesight of you, could you jump in and do 10 pushups and 10 squats and 10 lunges and a couple like, you know, tricep dips off of a chair? Like, once every hour for five minutes, could, right. could you, could you find blocks of five minutes, 10 times in a day? There's, there's 50 minutes right there. There's your 50 minute workout. Right. Is it as powerful as that workout that you're going to do for 50 straight minutes? Maybe, maybe not. Right. But is it better than zero? hundred percent. So yeah, I encourage people to find these windows of time throughout our day, right? Constantly audit your day because as busy as you are and as busy as I am, like if we audited our day, like we'd be like, oh man, I really, <laughs> I really wasn't doing a damn thing during that 20 minutes, right? <laughs> right. And so, you know, could you, could you get something in? I, I'll leave post-it notes all over my house that just say like five push-ups. If I walk by it, I got to do five push-ups, you know, like these that. little things throughout our day to just add, you know, like little reminders, you know, we constantly need reminders. And I find myself having to convince people more of the compounding effect of these little daily habits that we have, right? Like how much are you moving throughout the day? Like the first, one of the first things we track is what, how many steps are you taking a day? It's great. You get, you get in your car, you drive to the gym, you do your workout class, you get back in your car, you drive to work, you sit at work, you drive home, you sit at the couch, you go to the dinner table, you go back to the couch, you go to bed, right? right? Like, if we look at cultures that that live long lives with people that are 100 plus years old, right? These blue zones, centenarian cultures, they have two things in common. They eat real food. The, the diets are very diverse, right? Real foods. And they have a sense of community to move around. Like they move around all day. Like they're constantly moving around. So I would argue, you know, now it's a little bit different for, you know, guys that you work with. These are these are performance people. Like these sure. are their jobs depend on it, right? But like for the average Joe, for the average, you know, adult, like you're better off just walking all day, you know, yeah. get some push-ups in here and there. Like everyone should go to the gym and lift heavy stuff and train, get their heart rate up, get themselves get themselves moving. But for the most part, like you could live a pretty healthy life eating like a pretty balanced diet and just moving around a bunch. Absolutely. And the way I describe it is just thinking about checking the box, right? I mean, that's the, you're using a different analogy, but it's the same concept. Like you don't always have 60 minutes or 90 minutes or two hours or whatever your baseline is, right? And I think especially people that have been athletes struggle with this because they're used to like these extended periods of time of sustained working out or, you know, training or practicing. So sometimes it's this big mind shift to say, hey, man, look, sometimes I've got 15 minutes. I'm just going to go do kettlebell swings on the minute. You know, I'm going to do 10 swings on the minute for 15 minutes. That's 150 swings. Like that's a great little workout. And like yeah. you said, it's so much better than just sitting around and just like, oh, I don't have my hour. So I'm just not going to do anything today. Yeah. These guys are, a lot of these guys are, a lot of these guys are me. They're ex-athletes, right? We right. all remember how we performed at, tw at 20 years old. Yes. And if they're not, a, if they're not an athlete, they're an alpha male. And it's like, right. you know, if it's not the best thing out there, like they don't want it, you know? Right. So it's, it's a, it's, it's a lot of times convincing people to just dial it back a little bit, right? Like yep. 
convince one of your athletes that they're better off, to, you know, having a, having a recovery day than they are like having a double session in the gym, you know? For sure. So let's talk a little bit about nutrition because again, you're working with, like you said, type A, alpha males, super successful. And I'd imagine they're on the go quite a bit. So what issues do these people struggle with when it comes to nutrition? They're, they, you know, it's, I don't want people to, it, it's a, it's a tough life that a lot of, a lot of people like this lead. They have busy work lives. They have busy family lives. They want to be with their kids. They're traveling. They have sports. They have client events. You know, I try to get people that I work with and people that I speak to, to control what they can. Right. And then give themselves grace when they, when they can't. And so for me and for a lot of people, that's typically the morning. So that's why I'm very, very adamant about, you know, morning routines and getting yourself up and getting yourself started. You know, a lot of times guys that, you know, I work with have client lunches, they have client dinners, they can't necessarily control, you know, from 12 PM to 8 PM the way they would like to. But most often, you know, you can control 5 AM to, 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 to 11 AM. Right. And so that's why, you know, I'm so big with guys with waking up, make sure you're hydrating, make sure you're getting, you know, a couple servings of greens in for your first couple of meals. If you can't, you know, do that the rest of the day. And then it's focusing on like simple things, like for most people that are fairly sedentary. And I just mean like, you know, having desk jobs, typically like higher protein, higher fat starts of the day are usually pretty good. Yep. Eggs, spinach, avocado, eggs, and bacon, you know, as opposed to a bagel, cereal, <laughs> you know, yes. oatmeal with no protein, right? Like, and then I ask them, you know, be aware, like really bring awareness into how you are feeling throughout the day. Like, do you feel like you need that third cup of coffee at 11 a.m.? Or are you a little bit more mentally clear and sharp? How are you feeling during that 1030 meeting? You know, yep. are you getting hungry at 1030 or 11? And then like, you know, Danny down the, down the row, like has like this bag of pretzels that you just start eating. Like, so all of these things, you know, I ask people to start to be aware of and because it draws on experience. And once you experience feeling better, you can actually, you know, chemically rewire your brain to want more of what you're doing. It takes time, but you know, that's what I ask people to do. And then, you know, just simple things like do the best you can, like, like give yourself a break. Like if you have to go out to a client lunch or a dinner, cool. Like enjoy yourself, have the glass of wine, have a glass, have the vodka, whatever. But like, you know, eat unlimited amounts of steak and vegetables. As you know, like there's only so much steak and vegetables you can eat, right, man? Like, you know, and if the onion rings fly by, grab, grab one, grab a half of one, you know, like enjoy yourself, but, but do, you know, there's certain foundational principles. Like if you can, you know, keep it simple. If you can, you can kill it. If you can grow it, if you can pick it, you know, it's good to go. You can eat as much as you want of that. Yeah. There'll be, there'll be palate fatigue that sets in at some point, you know, where you're just, you're done. So I try to keep nutrition very simple. It's something that I typically don't even deal with, with people for about a month or so and working with them. I'd rather them focus on, you know, fund, fundamental foundational habits. And once they start to pick those up, you know, then we, then we, we handle more nutrition stuff, but keeping it simple and controlling your morning, I think are the two key things for guys. Dude, I can't stress winning the day highly enough. And I think the older you get and the more responsibility you have, the more you appreciate that, right? Whether it's owning your own business, having children, whatever the case may be, setting your own hours, like the one time you are generally going to have to yourself is between five and 7 a.m. And if you don't take advantage of that time, a lot of times you end up being mercy to other people's schedules and agendas. Yep. So if you really want to, like you talked about moving the needle forward, if you want to win the day and you want to move the needle forward, you got to get up, 
you know, 30 minutes to an hour before you really need to be up to get some right. things done and start checking those boxes right away. Right. Yeah. I mean, I get up, I, you know, I, I made a career getting up at 4am, but that's because I had to, I started work at 630. So right. getting up at four is not for you. Get up when you can, you know, but, but I totally agree with you. If you have young children, if you have a career that starts at the typical eight to nine, 9am, get up earlier than you think you get yeah. more done in that half hour to 60 minutes than, than you will all day. And sure. it really sets the tone for the rest of the day. It changed my life getting Absolutely. up that, that time changed my life. Absolutely. So we all know someone that can just be crushing it at work yet struggling mightily away from it due to the stress involved. And I mean, you just explained it right there, whether it's lack of sleep, whether it's a ton of stress and anxiety from work, whether it is all the other things that go into a high performing job, like you talked about client dinners and that sort of thing to keep you out past, you know, when you would normally want to go to bed. When it comes to stress management with your clientele, where do you even begin? Yeah. So two spots. One is finding the source, right? Like oftentimes it's not necessarily what we think it is. You know, work is not necessarily the, the source of stress. It could be something at home. You know, we didn't get to the gym because we didn't want to work out. We didn't get to the gym because, you know, we had a tough conversation with our wife and it put us in a bad mood and then, it, you know, spiraled at work that day. Mm. And, you know, then work was tough. And then we went home instead of, you know, having a conversation with my wife, we opened up a bottle of wine and we had a couple of drinks. Like, so it's really, you know, finding, slowing down and finding the source and seeing if it's repetitive, you know, and then really addressing that. And then, you know, that's a deeper conversation and that's a deeper set of, you know, kind of exercises that we do. But oftentimes, like, I just find like, like give your, like people don't give themselves some grace, right? Like we're buddies, you call me and I'm having a tough day and I tell you about all the things going wrong in my life. And you go, come on, Brian, pick it up. You, you know, you get this. <laughs> it's, you're doing great, man. You just moved across the country, you changed right. a career. Like, give yourself like a break, man. Come on. And so, as quick as you are to pick me up, right? Pick a teammate up. You, you are just as fast to hang up the phone or whatever, and or leave leave our discussion, and then go do the same thing to yourself. Like, especially men. We as men are so quick to pick each other up, right? And I play team sports. I get it. You know, you pick up your teammate, but then like, you don't do it to yourself. You don't like. For dust yourself off, right? Like right. it's just one day. It's just one meal. Or I can't tell you how many times, you know, I'll talk to someone and they'll say, you know, it was such a tough weekend. I had my in-laws in town. I had these friends visiting, you know, this, that, and like soccer all over the place. I'm like, bro, it's, it's Wednesday. It's not Monday. What are you, what are you doing? You know, like you're, you're always, you're one meal away from being back on track. You're one workout away from being back on your workout. You know, like we don't oftentimes just say, okay, like had a bad run, you know, let's, let's start now. It starts, it can always start, it can always start and end right now. And I don't think we have that attitude enough where we can just, you know, pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and just get back at it. And, it, you know, for me and a lot of the guys I work with, you know, I talk about compound interest and the cumulative effect of our actions. We talked about it a little bit earlier, like we don't, you know, value that enough. Like we put, we put so much weight behind a particular meal or a series, a weekend or a workout when it's just like, if we just do the little things more often, more often they stack on top of each other. And next thing you know, like you, you, you're, you're in a, you're in a skyscraper, you know, like yeah. it's, so I don't think people, I don't think people 
pick themselves up and dust themselves off enough. I don't think they give themselves a break enough. And that's why people, you know, go to coaches. That's why, you know, you, you have clients. That's why I have clients. We do it to ourselves, you know, that's why I have coaches, you know? So I think if people were just a little bit easier on themselves and just realize that, you know, this is one meal out of 21, this is one workout out of seven plus in a week, right? Like your guys probably 14, you know, like if it's, if it's a bad workout, if it's a bad meal, just get the next one, man. Absolutely. I love it. So, One thing that I talk about a ton on this show and maybe not in the interview section, but especially in like my warm ups and, you know, like the first portion of the show is the importance of my family and why I make it such a a focal point of my life. Right. Like love my parents, love my sister, but we're not the most tight knit group. So for me, like my family, my wife, my kids, they are my world. So a lot of the people you work with are killing it at work. They're high performers. They're doing everything you know, that makes them successful in that realm, but they're dropping the ball at home. So yeah. what steps do you use to get people like that back on track? Yeah, I totally agree. Success in one pillar of our life when when focused on solely can only last for so long before, you know, the others break down at its, at its expense. So you can focus on your career for only so long and you can and you can excel in it for only so long before other things start to break down. So you know, people look how, like, take out your calendar right now. I bet you have 15 work things scheduled in the next seven days, right? Like, do you have a date with your wife on there? Do you have, do you have a date with your kids? Your kids are old enough. You know, you could, you could have an experience with, with your eight year old, right? You can have an experience with your six year old. Do we, do we schedule the time? So, you know, I've got, I go through scheduling exercises with people on Sundays and Mondays, primarily Sunday when it's, when it's fresh, where they, put in to the extent that they can, they put in all of their self-care and uh, leisure time first, right? For people. Yeah. So yeah. You now it's Sunday morning, right? Like you have now it's, you know, for, for guys who have to work, you know, a nine to five, like obviously you have to be there from nine to five. I get it. But you know, when, when are you working out, put that on the calendar first. When are you taking your wife on a date? Put that on the calendar. When are you having some quality time with your kids? Put that on the calendar. So you know, you can date your wife, you can date your kids, schedule that time. If it's not on the calendar, all, as you know, things that will, will fall in and, and take priority over that because of the urgency that we feel, right? Our kids are always going to be there, but this right. fi- pops up. So we have to put the fire out, you know, and we continually do that over time. You know, and next thing you know, like your relationship with your family is not exactly what you want it to be. So you have to make it the priority that it is and you have to schedule it. So I tell people, you know, they have to schedule time. I make it mandatory that they, you know, that they, they schedule dates. And it's not necessarily a weekly thing, right? Like your, your family is as young as mine. Like for us to schedule weekly dates with our wife, eh, you know, it's yeah. tough. I, I can't do it. Right. So yeah, go back to what you can achieve. So let's start with one a month. Right. Let's accomplish one a month. Let's get one a month. Let's say to ourselves, wow, that was amazing. You know, like, right. wow, my wife and I with no kids, that was amazing. Right. Let's try to do two. You know, next month, let's get two on the calendar. And get together, you put them on the calendar, and, and that's it. You handle everything. You get the babysitter. You, you, you do it all. Schedule the time with your kids. And then everything else fits in after that. All the, you know, all the things that you normally do that you prioritize fit in after that. But your family has to come first. I love it. One thing that, that I read, and I don't remember where this was, but – Basically, by the time your kids are 18 and they're ready to go to school, you've already exhausted 90% of the time that you will have with them their entire lives. And when I read that, like that was like, 
earth shattering to me, right? Because you assume, oh, well, hey, if I live to 80 or whatever, 90, I've got all this extra time. But like, no, like you have so much time between zero and 18. You have to maximize that because after that, it's really bonus time. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. It's part of the reason why, you know, we, we're, we've talked a little bit about this. You know, I'm in this weird stage of my career where, you know, I've, I've had a sec- I got a second chance. I got a second yeah. chance at this. You know, I, I lived my life one way for 20 years and, and for 10 of which, you know, I've had, I've had kids and, you know, I wish I could have done it a different way for 10. And now I have an opportunity to, to build the life that I want, yep. have a career that I'm passionate about. And also, you know, as I was saying to you, I make breakfast from 7 to 8 a.m. with my kids. I pick them up at 3 p.m. These are yep. things I haven't done. I haven't done these things for, you know, for 10 years, like yep. since they've been alive. So and they're only going to think I'm cool for so long. Right. Like, <laughs> right. My yep. son is only around. My son is my son's 10. Like in eight years, he's gone. Yep. He's gone. Right. Like in, in eight years, you know, my daughter will be 13, 14. Like she's not going to really want to hang with me that much, you know? Right. So like, you know, we have this, especially guys that I work with, right? Like we have this hustle and grind mentality throughout our twenties, twenties and thirties are fine, but like into our forties and, you know, or if even 50, like we, we constantly like grind, 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 grind. Like this is when like, we're never going to get this time back with our families. And right. so the world is different. I'm, I take care of myself physically, right? Mentally, we're going to live, you know, long, long time. Like, yep. why can't I go grind at 51, 10 years from now when, when my kids don't really give a crap about me, right? Yeah. I love that. And that, I've had that exact same thought. Like, look, man, when they're out of the house, like I'm only going to be 53, 55. Like, I don't feel like that's old anymore. You know what I mean? Like our ability and the way we take care of ourselves, like 53, 55, man, I could have another 15, 20 years of good work in me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. The world's changed. The way we communicate changed. The the internet's changed everything. We're taking better care of ourselves. Like, you know, when we were 20, 50 was ancient, right? Like it's just not that way. And maybe it wasn't, maybe it was just our perception, but right. You know, I mean, I don't really feel any different than I did when I was 25, when I'm 40, you know, I'm about to be 42. So uh, yeah, that's, that's, I've I've shifted that mentality and, and it's been, it's been unbelievable to, to realize that I have so much more time. I used to think that I had to make so much money by the time I was X, you know, years old because I was ancient in the financial world. And, right. And then I just go off to a pasture, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> when does that stop? Like when people, most successful people in the world, do they ever really stop working? No, no. probably not. No. Right. All right, my guy, big question time. If you could alter the space time continuum and give young Brian Panuza one piece of advice about training in our life, what would it be? Huh? This is great. So, I would say I lived my life fairly distracted at all times. And it was kind of like a what's next mentality, right? And not necessarily obsessed with money, but just what do I have to do next? Where am I, where do I have to be next? What, you know, what, what needs my attention and, you know, not present, you know, and I've, and I've heard this phrase, be where your feet are a while back. And I've really, really tried to embody that as much as possible. Like, be where your feet are. Even, you know, even when I didn't have kids, you know, just like really truly enjoy some of the things that I was doing or the places that I've gone. Like basketball has taken me some amazing places, you know, now with children, like be like literally be where they are and not worry about, you know, what, you know, email that I have to read next or, or, you know, what my workout is tomorrow or what I'm eating later, you know, like just slow down and engage with whoever it is I'm with, you know, whether it be a meal with, with friends and family or on the floor with my kids or in a workout, you know, like, I mean, how often am I in a workout and I'm like listening to some podcast for personal development? Like, that's great. But like, why not just enjoy the workout, man? You know, like just be there 
And so, you know, I've started to do that and it's been pretty amazing. You know, it's a little scary sometimes being in your own thoughts when you're alone, but, uh, (laughs) but you know, it's really been interesting. And if if that's one thing I could change, it would be, you know, stop trying to figure out what's next from, for, you know, 35 years of my life. It's basically what I've been doing. I love it. All right, my guy, last but not least, we've got our lightning round. So number one, what's your career highlight so far as a coach? I think the fact that I could just call myself a coach yeah. is is pretty amazing. You know, I've had I spent 20 years doing something different. And the fact that, you know, I was able to force myself out of my comfort zone and to push myself to do something different and to change my life for the better is is a highlight. You know, whatever comes next, whoever I impact is going to be amazing. And I've already impacted a lot of lives and I plan on impacting more. But just the fact that I can call myself a coach and not a high yield bond trader is pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Okay, yeah. number two, what book or books are you reading right now? So I just finished Perfect Week Formula, oh, yeah. which uh, we, we got at the event that we went to for Craig, Craig Ballantyne. It's amazing. If you're looking for you know planning, habit change, putting up boundaries, a lot of the things that we talked about, I was actually already you know doing, but I didn't have structure around. That's an amazing quick read. I just finished that. I think it's like out this week or so. I think we got a, yeah. an advanced copy of it. I just started reading Crucial Conversations, a book that has been recommended by a couple friends of ours like a hundred times. I finally have, <laughs> you know, had, had to start reading it. Yeah. And then I've read it a couple of times, but I've been, I go back to it, you know, every couple of days, New Man Emerging, which is by an author named Mike DeSanti, who's a friend of ours. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Amazing, amazing book. Coach of mine. Amazing, amazing person. Amazing book. Really good wisdom in there. So those are the three books that I've been reading over the last week. I love it, man. Okay. Number three, what's the deal with the cold showers, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I started taking cold showers about five years ago when, you know, I, I started to find all these, you know, cool health benefits and, you know, cold shower, you know, cold exposure can increase recovery and increase your metabolism and, you know, help your immune system and reduce inflammation, all this stuff, right? Cool. What I realized quickly was that I wasn't a huge fan of taking the shower. And when <laughs> I get in it, the moment that I was about to turn it down to cold, I'd start to talk myself out of it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I experienced turning it all the way down and then the panic that ensues in your brain. And then this sense of relief, like, okay, it's not such a big deal. And so I've started to really think about this recently. And, you know, I just started about a week ago. I used to take a shower, like after I did like maybe three or four things in the morning. And now I get up four, four thirty-five, whatever time it is. I walk into the, I walk into the bathroom. I turn it on as cold as, and I'm in Southern California. So it's not like crazy, but it's like 60 degrees, 58 degrees. Right. I turn it on as cold as as can be. And I go right in and it's like, the first couple times I did it, it was like I was walking down death row, like from my bed <laughs> to the bathroom. Right. So what it's come down to for me is it's a it's a mental thing. And it's like if I I talk to people and they're like, oh, I can never do that, you know? And I and I have things in my life that I can, you know, I'm afraid of heights. Like I would never go skydiving. I can never bungee jump or whatever. Really? Could you never do it? Like, or is it just your brain telling you? Like right. I could never five years ago, I can never fathom changing a career. And so if, if your brain, if you can, if you can tell your brain that you could take a cold shower, what else can you tell your brain that you can do that you're telling that your brain's telling you that you can't do, right? So maybe I'm getting physiological benefits. Maybe my, maybe inflammation's being reduced. Maybe my immune system is good. I, who, who knows? The only reason I do it is to constantly flex that muscle of telling my brain that I'm in charge of it. And then I can do anything that I, that I, that I want to do. And it's a bitch, man, or you go, you know, I find every excuse possible 
before I, I'm about to start. And every time it's the same thing. It's gotten easier and easier. And that's why I've added this little twist in for me where, cause I used to go take my hot shower then turn it to cold. Yeah. And I got a little too comfortable with that. And that was a little bit too easy. So now it's like, okay, let me see if I can challenge myself a little bit more. So right. once this gets easier, then I'll have to figure out something else. But I've really started to understand that our brains are constantly trying to protect us, right? Constantly yeah. trying to protect us, keep us out of harm's way. And like, it's cold water, it's not harm's way, but your brain doesn't know that. So right. constantly trying to push yourself into getting uncomfortable, I think is a pretty pretty powerful thing. So that's that's why I take the cold showers, man. The, the next thing is gonna be uh, the Tony Robbins. Have you heard of this? His 56 degree cold plunge that he's got outside his house. I have, and that's why I thought about this. I'm like, oh, I, 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 I should get a chest freezer, but my wife would probably divorce me. I, I don't know. Uh, but like, so that's the thing. Like, you know, right away, change your state, right? Like, wake up, change your state. So, I mean, dude, you get out, you, you put some cold water on yourself that early in the morning. Like, you don't need a cup of coffee. You're ready to go. Right. Like, so, I mean, just, just the, the dopamine hit and waking up and you know feeling like you're you're ready to take on the world is worth it but it's 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 a it's just a mental battle man constantly and i'm always talking to myself mentally so for trying sure. to trying to talk to myself the right way <laughs> i love it man all right yeah. last but not least number four what's next for brian panuzzo what she got going on what are you excited about yeah i'm excited to just keep you know keep doing what i'm doing i'm i'm i'm, I'm such an analytical person i get i've been in my head for so long for so many years that I'm just enjoying this new phase of my life. I'm, I live in, in Southern California. I have a new career. You know, I'm not necessarily worried about where I'm going to be in a year. You know, I, I'm also I'm, I'm also surrendering to the fact that my life could take me, my career could take me in so many different places and, and, and avenues that I don't, I don't even comprehend yet because I don't, I haven't been introduced to somebody that, you know, that, that, that takes me down a path that I didn't necessarily know. I'm going to build, I'm going to co I'm going to coach men and do what I'm very good at. And what I believe, you know, I have a, pur a purpose to do right now. And when something else comes up and it's the right move for me, I'm going to embrace that. And I'm not going to get stuck in thinking that, you know, I'm, I'm a coach because I got stuck thinking and, you know, that I was a wall street guy for so long. So I'm just going to take each day as it comes and do the best I can and, and be the best person that I can be. I love it, man. Well, Brian, you've been so good to catch up with today. Really appreciate you coming on. Where can my listeners find out more about you and everything you have going on? Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. This has been fun. I'm most active on Instagram. My name is Brian Panuzzo, P-A-N-N-U-Z-Z-O. Pretty active with stories and posts on, you know, habits, lifestyle things, uh, things that you can, uh, you know, implement into your lives, especially if you have young kids, if you're a corporate, you know, executive, hard charging, you know, financial career person. Also the successlift.com. The success lift is the name of my program. Uh, it's not up yet, but it'll be up shortly. I've developed a free uh, content for anybody who's listening, an evening and morning routine that I sort of stumbled upon and figured out th through trial and error over time. And um, uh, DM me, I'll send you that for free. And those are the two best places to reach me right now. I love it, man. We'll make sure we get those links in the show notes. And again, Brian, man, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. This is great. You got it, bud. I appreciate you having me, man. This has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much. All right, my friend, that does it for this week's show with Brian. Sincerely hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, probably a little bit different than shows that I've done in the past. But one thing that I really want to do with my show just and we're 200 episodes in now but one thing that i've always tried to focus on is trying to find this balance and find just you know some of the nooks and crannies of our industry that i think are out there that i want to have a little bit more or give a little bit more exposure to and people like brian i think are making such a massive impact 
on people's lives. And it's so cool to see a guy like him who recognized he was having a tremendous amount of success in one domain of his life, but that if he wanted to truly be successful, right, it was a lot more all-encompassing than just being a professional success. So sincerely hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share it with anybody and everybody. You know I would greatly appreciate it. As always, thank you so much for your support. I wouldn't be where I'm at. This show wouldn't be where it's at without people like you. So man, I love and appreciate you. Thank you so much. And we'll be back soon with our next episode. Take care.